It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid or electric, we have the perfect car for you. See blackstonemotors.ie Welcome to Late Lunch this Tuesday afternoon. Let's say hello to him straight away. Professor Paul Moyne is with us once more. Hello again, Paul. Hello, Jerry. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I have to ask you this straight off. Has Johnson lost the plot in the UK? Because when you look at what's happening with the rising number of cases and they're rising exponentially, hospitals are becoming under more pressure. And yet he's flying in the face of the advice UK doctors out this morning saying, whoa, hold on a moment. And the WHO, what do you think? I think he's probably got a lot of commentary because I think that's what he's proposing is to essentially lift all the restrictions, which would be very different from where, where we are currently. Um, you know, and it has received mixed uh, responses. Uh, many people are saying that this is uh, reckless. Other people and some of his, you know, advisors would say, well, maybe now is the time to do it or when is the good time? And that have been proposed maybe to delay it by a number of weeks to allow even more of uh, the, the population to be vaccinated. So it is a tough call, uh, probably, you know, more cautious approach, maybe advised for the next couple of months. But I think there is something to be considered around the time of year if, if as a country, in this case the UK, but as a country in terms of opening up, when is a good time to do it? And I think there are a couple of things in their favour in terms of time of year, schools will be closed, but it certainly doesn't come without its risks from Ireland's perspective. It's actually a very useful thing to see because we're trailing a little bit behind the UK in terms of the spread of the Delta variant. So it will be really useful and valuable, really, to see what happens when this is opened up, even though we're not proposing to open up to that extent. But certainly it'll be really interesting to see. But some other th- really interesting data coming out in the last week, Jerry, that they looked at the percentage of the population, did these zero prevalence studies, the percentage of the population that had antibodies either against the virus or in response to vaccination. And in the age groups above 30s, there's about 90% of the population have antibodies. And that's an incredible level of protection, mm. population protection. If you look at the younger age groups, that's down to around 40, maybe 50%, mainly because many of them haven't been vaccinated. But the fact that it's still so high means that quite a sizable proportion have already been infected by the virus. Now, at those levels, 
that's that's very high level of population immunity, whether it's herd immunity or not, is, is another thing. But that should help in terms of suppressing and not allowing numbers to get really, really high because we're close to the stage where almost in that population, most of the people are protected or by natural immunity by having been exposed to the virus or being vaccinated. And I think very shortly we should be reaching that stage as well. So um, it'll be interesting just to see the trajectory. Numbers are going up, but it'll be really, to some extent, it's unknown in terms of how those cases will translate into hospitalizations. We're beginning to see that increase as well. But how broken that relationship is between infections and hospitalization, severe illness, that still remains to be fully clarified at this stage. So we're in really uncharted territory, you're saying, and, and you know, our cases are rising, as you said there, but our hospitalizations are remaining stable, the numbers in ICU. Can that continue? It, it, it can continue, Jerry. although there's always the caveat here that there's a lag between infections and hospitalizations. It does take, it takes some time. But for a number of months now, we've, you know, we've had daily cases of, you know, in the hundreds, three, four, five, six hundred, you know, the hospitalization has stayed steady, which is a really good sign. And there's a possibility it can stay, although if the numbers increase very significantly, I think you will see hospitalization increase. But we do know now that certainly that link has been severely weakened, that link between infections and hospitalizations. And really two things responsible for that. One is in terms of the vaccination program. So vulnerable people, older people are now protected by the vaccine. And secondly, when you look at most of those cases, most of those cases are in the younger population. And when the younger population are infected, some people, yeah, will get very, very sick. But generally, they're more resistant to the virus than older people. So you would, it doesn't translate into the same percentage of hospitalizations or deaths. So that's probably explaining why as numbers are increasing, hospitalizations and deaths are still quite low. Hopefully it'll stay like that, but it depends in terms of how those numbers increase because even if the percentage that end up in hospitals is quite low, if the numbers of cases are very, very, very high, still a percentage, a small percentage of a very, very big number, especially in terms of healthcare systems, can be problematic. So that's why we're also keeping an eye on how many cases uh, we, we, we experience. Another uncharted territory, the future. But using your experience, what you've seen so far, all your professional expertise and trying to look forward, can you say that we will not face another lockdown? I think with, with a lockdown, sometimes you've heard it from government, Jerry, in terms of saying they're reluctant to move from lockdown in case they have to go back into lockdown. Even if you look at countries like Australia, for example, Australia have adopted the zero COVID approach but even they still have to go back down into lockdowns. I certainly wouldn't like to see a situation where we have to go back into lockdowns. I wouldn't be quite as concerned at this time of year. If if we translate this scenario into, for example, November, December time, I'd probably be a little bit more worried in terms of transmission of the virus, just in terms of the time of year and the intensity seasonal viruses. But hopefully at that by the time we reach that stage, we're going to have even more and all, virtually all of the adult population vaccinated. And I think that's going to give us, you know, really good protection. So I can see us ending with a situation where the virus, it won't go away. It'll be here for a number of years. It'll become endemic. It'll be circulating at low levels. And maybe during the seasonal months, the winter months, you will see some outbreaks like we see with other respiratory viruses. Then it's a policy decision in terms of those periods 
would you go back into lockdown? Again, I think there has to be discussion then in terms of what level of illness, hospitalisation can the health system absorb, what level is tolerable. And that, that sounds very cold, but those decisions are made, for example, with respect to other infections and other diseases. Mm. So I think we can we can avoid them, Jerry. I think the vaccination is especially the vaccines are what gives us protection so that if the virus persists, which which it will do, and I expect it will do, people who are vaccinated may not be a population, a proportion of the vaccinated population may still be susceptible to infection, but most of those people will still be protected from becoming very ill, which is really what vaccines are meant to do. Now, we're moving on on an aspect of this, which is indoor hospitality, dining, pubs, etc., and the government working on legislation to allow this happen from later in the month. But, you know, you must be vaccinated, and this is certainly an issue for a lot of people. I'm getting messages here already from people saying this is quite unfair on young people who will be still waiting for vaccinations, who've uh, contributed an awful lot to containing the virus and made massive sacrifices. Yeah, I must admit, I I certainly empathise with that. I I feel a lot for young people. They've given up a lot. They've uh, given up a lot from a virus that they're mostly resistant to, not completely. You know, it can be nasty in in younger people as well. So I can certainly see where they're coming from. I think we're ending up in a situation now where you're trying to get that balance between opening up some of these businesses, opening up hospitality, at the same time trying to comply with public health. Um, And I think, to be honest, Jerry, I think we've ended up in a situation with sort of a melting pot of everything that, to a degree, it's driven by public health in that you need to be vaccinated or shown that you've recovered from the virus. Uh, but at the same time, then, under-18s can also go in who who aren't vaccinated. They're going to be mixing with people and younger mm. people who will be working there won't be vaccinated. So it's, it's not an ideal scenario, but it's like trying, it's the best of what we can do at this stage. And it's trying to get that balance between trying to open up hospitality and some business again, whilst at the same time recognising there certainly is a degree of unfairness. And I think one of the things, one of the characteristics of this pandemic is that it has been anything but fair in terms of, you know, the people that it's really yeah. affected. So it's a really difficult one to, to, to figure out how, how to manage. I see Tony Holohan this morning uh, talking about, you know, the uh, increase, especially in the age group 16 to 29s in cases and uh, urging caution in the context of what we've just been talking about there, the opening up of indoor hospitality to say, look, if you're unvaccinated or per- partially vaccinated, you still need to be careful. You, you, would you concur with those remarks? You know, mask wearing, distancing, you know, being careful if there's big crowds in places to avoid them. I think one of the other things that has characterised this pandemic is really the importance of, you know, personal responsibility. And something that I've found, yeah. you know, really important is that this sense of almost evaluating your own risk at times, whether that is going into an environment where you consider it, is it safe or unsafe? Should I stay or should I not stay? And I think in the same, in the same sense, people who aren't vaccinated, um, to to degree, you know, sometimes there's personal choice there in terms of going in and making an evaluation. Is it safe whilst I'm awaiting vaccination to go into, for example, to a certain environment? Now, again, that brings with it inherent unfairness because you have people who, through no fault of their own, are waiting to be vaccinated, but as a result, precluded from, you know, using certain 
But in some other environments where, yes, if you're susceptible to the virus because you haven't been vaccinated, sometimes there you, you have to make a judgment call in terms of saying, am I going to expose myself to that risk or am I going to mitigate that risk and decide maybe not to go into that environment or take mitigating measures and whether that be the case of, you know, wearing masks, uh, maybe doing some, you know, testing, rapid antigen testing, things like that, just to to, to inform your decision making and to allow you to evaluate the risk that is posed to you. So you can't really get away from that personal responsibility, but also there's a responsibility then on the government in terms of putting in place the various measures to mitigate those risks, and whether that be things like rapid testing or even something that probably have been a little bit slow to work on, the importance of ventilation. Uh, so some of those things, so there's, yes, there's government responsibility, but there's also personal responsibility as well, and it's very difficult to get away from either of them. Paul, we leave it there for today. I always appreciate your wise words and this is a moving feast into the uncharted, as I've said a couple of times there. But we move on with it, we live with it and we do our best in the circumstances. Thank you so much again for joining me today on the show. Thank you, Jerry. Anytime. Take care of yourself. That's Professor Paul Moyner there, Head of the Department of Biology, Director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. I see the difficulty here, especially for young people, if they want to go out socialising and they're still, you know, they're waiting on the vaccines, they want to get vaccinated. And especially for young people working in hospitality, you know, who are unvaccinated, serving, you know, us who are vaccinated. It's a real conundrum, I have to say. It really is. And I don't know. I haven't the answer to it. Mickey's been on to say, Jerry. I'm so disgusted with what the government are doing. To discriminate against a section of the population like this is just wrong and disgraceful. And remember, these young people really did their best during the pandemic, volunteering to help out where they could and doing what they were told. It's a joke, and I hope they all remember this when there's a chance to vote next time round. Says Mickey, if you have a view, do let me know. You know the usual numbers. Keep them handy. It's always good to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me to the show. 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Now, a couple of things. I need your help. I need your help with a, a wee swimming pool. I'll tell you about that in a moment. And what about the toilets in Black Rock Village? A listener isn't at all happy and she's going to tell us why next. I need your help, folks. The ladies at home, the ladies at home, bought a little swimming pool in Aldi for the grandchildren. It's called a Summer Waves Jumbo Pool. Now, it's not Jumbo by any means. It's for littlies. You know one of those pools you inflate in the back garden? A lovely little thing with the good weather and it's coming this week. Anyway, bought in Aldi. Uh, it's called a Summer Waves Jumbo Pool. We can't inflate it. We've tried everything. There's no fitting in the box and it's not a standard fitting on the pool itself. I've had a look at it myself. We've tried many, many things. We've rang round bicycle shops and everything. We can't inflate the blinking pool. Can anybody help us? Anyone else pick up one of these in Aldi, a summer waves jumbo pool and know how to get the air into it? I'd appreciate your help. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me or you can call in to 1850-715-958. Another lady who uh, has a little bit of an issue with the uh, toilet facilities in Blackrock Village outside Dundalk in County Loud is Mary and she's on the line. Hello, Mary. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. You sent me a message and said, Jerry, I want you to highlight something. Please for me on your show. What's the story with the toilets I in Blackrock? Jerry, I'm a frequent visitor to Blackrock. Love it. Yep. Lovely seaside resort. Big problem. Major problem. 
the toilets. They're brutal. You wouldn't see them in a concentration camp. Oh, Mary. They're made of of aluminium. Uh, The tiles around the toilets, as you enter it, it's a black hole. It's brutal, Jerry. It should be blown up. (laughs) But within any organisation, I'd be delighted to put a bomb to it. Oh, oh, Mary, you are... Yes, Jerry. You are... Jerry, I'm very angry, Jerry. You are. You are. I get it, Mary. I'm very angry. I... Anytime I go to the Black Rock, you know, because you're surrounded by water, first thing is the nature of coal. Mm. You've got to go to the toilet. Yes. Now, it's got to the stage, Jerry. you'd nearly go on the sand or go round uh, one of the wee uh, hedges yeah. as you go up along the beach. Uh, there's, there's a place called the Priest Beach. Yeah. And it's private. And you find an awful lot of the lads that goes there to just hang about they urinate up against the walls. No. They won't even go into the gents' toilets. Oh. It's appalling, Jerry. It's that Something's bad. It's going to have to be done. It's that bad, Mary. It really is that it bad. It is appalling, Jerry. I can't emphasise it enough. You know, that's all I can say. Please, please, Jerry, we need to get something done. Black Rock is such a fantastic place, Jerry. Love it. Yeah. But every time I have to go to the toilet, it just makes me vomit to have to go into the toilet. Mary, it's. Desperate to spend a penny, you have to go through this. Spend a penny, Jerry. And what's more, I've got a a, a very special uh, sister-in-law of mine. Can't get into the toilet, Jerry. There's a lock in it. She's an invalid in the sense that she's got MS. Yeah. She has to go to Black Rock. She cannot get into that toilet. There is a permanent lock in it for the wheelchair. So not suitable, not maintained, shocking, appalling, all those words. Yeah, and not alone that, no tyler roll, Jerry, so you can dribble it for as much as you like when you leave it. Okay, okay. And what you have to do is make alternative arrangements like those bios or, you know, sit That's down. That's right, the side of the walls up in the priest beach, Harry. All right. it's, so, it's so shocking. It's so shocking, Jerry. We hear what you're saying and, you know, I know in Louth County Council they listen in to this show and they're hearing you this afternoon. I couldn't put it uh, better myself. Surely to God your appeal today won't fall on deaf ears. Please, Jerry, because if, if I don't get any further than this, I'm going to have to go to the Joe Duffy show. Oh, please, don't do that. That'd be just... I don't want to do that, Jerry, oh, because you're no. my favourite station. No. Oh, listen, listen, Mary, I know, and I know how much you love us. Don't go. That'd be the ruination of us if you did that. We don't want to hear of that name would, mentioned Jerry, at all. I'm, I'm, you know, you'd nearly feel like joining <laughs> any organisation and just throwing a wee bomb in and just saying no more, amen. Mary, leave it with us. We're working on your behalf. We're on to Loud County Council already. God bless you. I hope you can Thanks spend the penny Mary. in comfort Thanks in the future. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Mary there. That woman is mad as a hatter. She is. She's so mad about this. She's going ballistic about it. Loud County Council. Is it that bad? Mary maintains, and she's an honest woman, it is. Come on. Let's get Blackrock Toilet sorted out. ASAP. Beautiful village. Lovely place to visit. There's everything going for it. But if you can't spend a penny... Holy God Almighty in a public toilet. Loud County Council, where are you? Come on, let's uh, get into action here straight away. Thank you so much for all your kind help. I mentioned the swimming pool uh, that I'm having difficulty with at home. A little pool uh, we got in Aldi. It's, um, just check it again, it's a Summer Waves jumbo pool and... Thank you for your suggestions, but I'll tell you what, we've tried them all and they don't work. 
a, a lot of people telling me the hairdryer and they tried that. Cut a mineral bottle in half, uh, insert the hairdryer into the cut side and put on full lash. They did that. No go. They connected it to the engine of a car with a, a special pump and tried to blow it up. No go. We have a foot pump as well. No go. No go with anything to inflate this pool, to be honest with you. It's incredible. And my daughter, Sarah, she's a whiz with all this stuff. She's perplexed with it as well. So how can we inflate this little swimming pool for the back garden? Anyone else with any other suggestions? We've rung bicycle shops. They're aware of the problem. They don't have a fitting. No fitting came with the pool. So we can't get the air into it. If you can help at all, let me know. Thank you to everybody. I have lots of suggestions, but the majority of them are for the hairdryer trick. And it won't work in this instance. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Our Jerry says, Rosie from Dramiskin. Thank God somebody came onto your show about those toilets in Blackrock. They are simply deplorable. I went to use them too and uh, said to myself, oh my God, what am I doing here? I was totally shocked. The smell, it's shocking. I really do hope you, Mary's words and yours don't fall on deaf ears with Loud County Council. They've just got to do something, Jerry. We're working on it. We're on to Loud County Council already. They've got to get on to this. Thank you indeed for getting in touch with Rosie uh, this afternoon. Uh, and Jerry, the, come to the Cooley area. It's lovely and there's lots of toilets there and it's really clean and the water's lovely. It is, of course, but we've got to sort out Black Rock too and we love Cooley as well. I have more of your comments. I'm going to come back to them shortly on the show. But now in late launch, I want you to listen carefully, please, because we're going to talk to uh, Ashling Darville in a moment. But first, Samantha Kerwin, and she's mammy to three children, and one of them is little Amelia Donnelly. Hello, Samantha. Hi, how are you, Jerry? Ah, Samantha, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Tell us about this little girl. She was born, not a bother when she was born, and for the early years of her life, she was fine. Yeah, she was, like, um, for the first six years, yeah, she was grand. Um, she would have just been a little bit clumsy and that kind of just, just thought that was just maybe the way she was. Do you know what I mean? That you don't try to characterise them all the same. They all have their own personality. So we didn't think, think too much of it. We didn't, thought she might have grown out of it. But then when she started getting worse um, around the age of four, um, she looked like she had more problems with her right leg, like kicking it out, maybe limping sometimes and that. And, so we were looking into that um, with like physio and then she was um, referred then to paediatricians in Our Lady of Lords and um, it kind of went from there with um, the MRI first of all and yep. um, that showed up um, in abnormalities in the white matter of her brain which would be what um, the leukic dystrophy itself mm. that she has um, the metachromatic leukic dystrophy. And then there was only suggested at the time um, after that came back because she wasn't sedated for this one. So they were thinking maybe because she wasn't settled in that. I don't know if that it was shown, obviously, but they probably didn't want to panic in Europe just yeah. in case. So then when we went, it was in February 2020. Um, the, the MRI was just before the Christmas, but Temple Street was February. And then we met with the neurologist and he sent off a blood test. He did um, see the MRI and obviously didn't like what he was seeing, but he said not to panic. Do you know what I mean? Let's see what happens. And obviously then at the end of April, then we got the news that she had this rare hereditary disorder called metachromatic leukodystrophy, which 
few months before that, I wouldn't have even known what it was. But um, it's not a good thing. It's terrible. Um, basically, what Amelia is missing, she's missing an enzyme. It's called aryl sulfatase is the name of the enzyme. But we all produce it. But she isn't producing that anymore. And so what's happening then, it's causing the destruction of the fatty layer around her nerves, the myelin sheet. And then that's what's happening then is the toxins are getting in, the sulfatides. And then um, she's losing, first of all, she lost her ability to walk. And that was all happened very quickly. Uh, And then she couldn't talk. Um, uh, she can't eat now. Do you know what I mean? Um, she's been tube fed. She's waiting to get her peg. Um, there's just so much in such a short time from the minute she was diagnosed, everything just went down very, very quickly. So this has been um, rapid since April of this year. Yeah, a rapid deterioration. Mm. Um, like it's just it, like it can cause things like childhood dementia, like, and that as well, blindness, deafness, do you know what I mean? This is where we're at now, but we just don't know what to expect. We don't know how long she's going to be the way she is now. Like, um, she's, other than missing her speech and her mobility, and that she's still herself, smiling and laughing, but I mean, every, any day this could change, do you know what I mean? Yes. And it's just, it's the not known. It's just as bad as yeah, yeah. having to see just to see a healthy child that had her whole life ahead of her mm. uh, running around playing with her siblings and just for all that to be taken away. It's just um, it's not fair. It's unfair. It's unbelievable. I, I just don't know what to say to you because I know. Yeah, you're no, in a situation that just looks despairing altogether. Does she still? You mentioned there, like she's lost her speech. She can't walk. She can't get about. Yeah. She's she's fed intravenously, etc. How does she? How do you communicate? Is she aware and and you know with you and everything like that and can participate? At the moment, yes, she is aware um, and she still understands. Um, she still has a sense of humour. So, like I'm lucky in that sense that I still have her as a personality, even though she can't talk. I just. It's still lovely to be around her because she's just like she is full of joy. Do you know what I mean? And she would make yeah. a smile no matter what. Because the for the child, she has just been she smiled the whole way through. But she wakes up every day with a smile on her face. Do you know what I mean? And it's just you know, obviously something like that could affect like different children like di- different ways. But um, like she just seems so laid back. You know, she always kind of was, but it's still mm. not fair. You know yeah. and. And you have two other children, one older, one younger. How are they? Um, Louisa, her older sister, um, yeah, she's 10. She understands more what's going on um, in the best way that we can explain to her. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, she does say sometimes like that she wished that her sister could play with her and talk to her like, and that kind of stuff. But she still spends time where she's quite good. Where her, the younger one, John, he um, he's only five. He doesn't even remember really when she was even walking because we would look back at videos and that and he would be saying oh look Amelia's walking there and mm. he just didn't really get to know her as well unfortunately yes but, um, yes, yes yes he's younger different age yeah, yeah different yeah, understanding yeah. you know 
And you, you're you're taking care of her at home. I take it's twenty four hours. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, no, yeah, and um, her dad works nights, so yeah, it would be myself. But that was always going to happen. I was always going to yeah. look after her. Not, do you know what I mean? Do you have much support? Um, yeah, like I have um, good family and friends. Yeah, um, and they help me out like where they can, and just they're there for me as well when I need them. You know. Um, it doesn't like it doesn't change what's happening, but it helps sometimes just to not have to think about it, you know all the time. But um, it's so hard to accept what's happening. Mm. You have a good you man know? with you in JP and your family yeah. and everything, you know, around you. I, I know this, and you just don't know. You don't know where this is going. That you just are you living day to day, just taking it one day at a time. Yeah, because with this disease, you just don't know what's going to happen. It doesn't wait for anything because when she, if she's got there'll be periods of time maybe last summer it might plateau for a little while and then we think oh we might have it this long it doesn't wait it just the next part of the deterioration do you know what I mean we just come then like at the minute she's grand in the sense that we have her personality she's well like thankfully other than the obvious what's happened she her health has been well um, yeah. but um, we just don't know mm. like. Mm-hmm. And, that, and you know that makes it hard, you know. Yeah, so hard, so hard. And she's a rare, a rare case in this country. I think there's about five others. Is there? In, in there is, Ireland? yeah, yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. There is about five others, like, but um, it does. When it's your own child, you don't see it that way. Do you know no. what I mean? It's hard to. No, no, no. You know, you know, but mm-hmm. it is rare. Yeah. And and you know, she she. I just want to say this: her love of animals. She's always had this from a tiny tot growing up, and especially. Dogs and her ambition. Yeah. She, she wanted to work in that area, did she? When she grew she up, to be, even um, last year when she couldn't walk and she was still talking, she was telling me she was going to be a fat, like. And I was like, "Of course you are." Do you know what I mean? And it broke my heart, obviously, because I knew what was going on. But mm. just her little spirit, you know what I mean? Just you, you have to, you have to. Yes, you have to keep that going. She wants to be a vet, yeah, and she yeah. said that she wants to be a vet when she grow up. What about yeah. the a, a companion dog? Did, you looked into that, did you? For um, I know there's a long waiting list for that. I know Ashley would know a bit more about that. But um, yeah, we are hoping like to get her a dog anyway. But as far as I know, there's like a ten year waiting list for that. I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, I know Ashley would know more. But um, yeah, 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 she loves dogs, and like, we have a couple of cats. Like they <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so keep her going. But yeah, she enjoys them too. But um, she does really love love dogs. dogs. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She does. Oh my god. This is heartbreaking. I know it's it's like it's just a very very sad situation. It should like be happening to a child, any child. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just, anyone. Like, it's just mm-hmm. it's terrible that something like that even exists. What can we do to help you? Um, I don't know. Like, um, it's just to help her. I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Just see if we can fulfill any of her dreams, support her in the best way we can, you know, it's just by mm. we had to go fund me going just to share it, you know what I mean? And yeah. To see if just keep her as happy yes. as she already yes. is for as long as we can and yeah. just Happy and me. comfortable and anything she yeah. wants and support for yourselves as a family. And just to give her the best life, yeah, yeah. for as long as as we still have her. You know. Isn't we don't know how long that is and that's the thing with this. Isn't life just 
so yeah. cruel, so cruel, so unfair. It really is, yeah, yeah. Eight years of age, oh my God. Listen, I, I, I'm thinking of you, and I, I, you have somebody there beside you I want to have a word with, but Samantha, yeah. thank you so much. I know it's not easy to uh, speak in public about it, but thank you for telling Amelia's story, and I want to talk to Ashling. She's standing by with you there. We're thinking yeah. of you, I know a witch, and you're going to get loads of support, I know that. Thanks very much, Sherry. Thanks. Not at all, Samantha. Put me on to Ashling there, if you would, please, for a moment. Thanks. Hello. Ashling. Ashling, darling. Hi, how are you? Nice to talk to you uh, this afternoon. That's some woman, uh, Samantha. Absolutely, yeah. Isn't she? She really is. And Look, I, I wanted to talk to you for a moment. Will you tell us about this GoFundMe or what we can do to help you? I will, yeah. Um, I set up the GoFundMe um, basically because, I mean, obviously, Amelia is my niece and... John Paul is my brother, and I wanted to help them in any way that I can. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. We all love Amelia. None of us can make her better. So I want for her to have the best possible life she can have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also the support for uh, John Paul and Samantha, do you know what I mean? Because um, there's so many things that she is going to need Um you know, as her disease is going to progress. Um, And also, you know, that she will be as comfortable as she possibly can be. And as well to have, as Samantha said, you know, to be able to, you know, to, for them to make memories together as a family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So that's why the GoFundMe has been set up. So it's basically to support all of them. Um, Everybody, I have to say, you know, I, I I just can't get over the generosity of people and how kind people have been because, I mean, there's people helping me out here that I don't, I mean, they don't know me. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and they're just reaching out and they're bending over backwards, to, you know, to fundraise, to get, you know, all these things that the media is going to need and et cetera. Um, like people are just very, very kind. Yes, and yes, very and, generous, and the you know, majority and of people. I keep saying this. We hear all the bad stuff, but the vast majority of people are good people, kind people. Yeah, the, yeah, they really are. Do you know Helpful what I mean? People, they are indeed. Uh, uh, the vast majority of people just said they are good people. You know, and like the mm. people of this town, so far they've been brilliant. You know. Um, and the fund, just to say again, to tell everybody, it's called, it's it's a beautiful name, All for Amelia. It's All it's for all Amelia. For Amelia. Yeah. It's and All for Amelia. Everything yeah. is for Amelia. Yeah. And um, that's what it's called, yeah. is All for Amelia. And that's the GoFundMe. Okay. Um, there's also been a social media page set up. Again, it's called All for Amelia. Uh, for Amelia. Yeah. And that's where all the fundraising events that are planned are going to be. Great. Posted and people will be able to see. Yes, everything that's what, going on there. Yeah, uh, what's going on there? Um, as I said, this this uh, the Drada Pantomime Society um, have fundraising plans, and also there's another group of people in the town. They're quite well known for fundraising. Um, I'm going to refer to them as Amelia's Army. Uh, they have helped before fundraise for um, the stem cells for Nile and. Hannah, the Warrior Princess. Um, so between the two groups, there's a lot of fundraising coming up. There's a, a walk um, that's going to be going on for the month of August. That's to help raise money. There's also going to be a rock and roll bingo. There's going to be a swimming event as well that's going to be in September. 
Yes, um, loads and loads. loads. Well, I know, I know, I'm well aware of it. Yeah. So look, yeah. let, let's let's focus everybody on this now to finish up today. So the campaign is All for Amelia, A-M-E-L-I-A, that's A-M-E-L-I-A, Amelia. And if you put that into GoFundMe.com, you'll pick it up there, you can donate. There's a Facebook page, same name again, all the events are on there. And if you want to get involved, that's an avenue in as well to support. And there's so much going on. It is There's simply going to be fantastic. So much going on. Yeah, there yeah, is. There really is. is. Yeah, there really is. There's going to be so much going on. Well, look, I thank you both for joining me today. We're all thinking oh, of welcome. Amelia, and I'm sure this is going to be a little push along the road for people listening today to get involved and support a wonderful, wonderful little lady. She's only eight years of age. Uh, Ashling, thank you to yourself and Samantha for joining me on the show, and we wish John, Paul, Samantha, the children, and the family all the very best. Listen, thank you very much and thanks for your time. Not at all. You're very welcome. Take care of yourselves. Thank you. We will do. Thank you. Bye-bye. All for Amelia, eight years of age. Robbie Williams and Rock DJ on your late lunch this afternoon. Thank you for all your comments. They're uh, pouring into us as I speak. I'm worried about a swimming pool or a little plastic pool. And when you hear Amelia's story, it just puts everything in perspective. All for Amelia. Do your best. I I know you will. Thank you for all your kind words and comments. Listener on there to say, you should get Mary, who was on about blowing up the Blackrock toilets to blow up your pool. (laughs) Oh, I love you. I love you out there. I really do. You're fantastic. You never let me down. The wit is amazing. It really is. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Connell McBride, hello in Fort William in Scotland this afternoon. One of our listeners up there. Bagpipes, Jerry. Bagpipe players, that's what you need. They're full of hot air. I love it, Connell, as well. Oh, if only I could, me poor pool. Jerry, it's not just the Blackrock toilets. Uh, I'm familiar with the problem there, says a listener. Go to the M1 retail park outside Drogheda. No toilets there either. One in Lidl, and they let you use it. It's very kind. Thank you indeed for that message. Patricia's been on to say, Jerry, why is nobody discussing the topic of people who've decided not to take the vaccine? As we don't know what's in it. We're in our mid-60s and in great health right through the lockdown. We won't receive the vaccine now. We can't dine indoors. This is discrimination against the likes of us. Why is this not a topic? Patricia, I'd be delighted to talk to you. Have a number here for you um, and we'll give you a bell on it to see if we can get hold of you. Um, Also, uh, Frankie phoned in to say he purchased the water pool and all one needs is an air pump to pump it up, which can be bought in boils in Navin for €16. We have an air pump. We tried that as well. There's many of you saying to me, Jerry, maybe it's time you took it back to Aldi. And uh, I have quite a number of messages on that one there. Thank you indeed for that advice. We may have to. Mary was on to say, I agree 100% with the other Mary about Blackrock toilets. They're a bloody disgrace, Jerry, And some action must be taken immediately. Well done to Mary and yourself for highlighting it this afternoon. We're on to Loud County Councillor Louise is on to them. We're on the scent. We are already. Let's hope we can get action on the toilets in Blackrock sooner rather than later. Late lunch, LMFM Radio will come back to your comments, I promise you, through the afternoon. Short break, community diary, and then we're back with a wise woman. Kathleen Chute is joining me. I'm delighted to say hello again this afternoon to my next guest. She joined me when she published her fascinating book, Who Are You Anyway? Earlier on in the year, she told us a story about adoption, and she's a wonderful, wonderful woman. She really is. Kathleen Chute, hello again. Hiya, Jerry. 
Great to catch up with you. And of course, we're chatting to you today as part of this little series called COVID Through the Ages, where we're talking to people from different generations about how they've been getting on. Well, Kathleen, I take it, as the song says from Elton John, I'm still standing. Does that sum you up? <laughs> just about, Jerry. just about. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Not Kathleen. <laughs> Kathleen, tell me honestly, I know we spoke earlier in the year about the adoption and you were fantastic, but in, in life sense yourself, how have you found this time the last 15 months? Um, the beginning was very hard, Jerry. I was shocked. I was, um, I was in fear of the unknown. Um, I couldn't believe how everything was paralysed or everything was stopped. Just like that, like a click of a button. Mm. It was unreal. You know, life was going on and I was enjoying life and everybody was enjoying it. And taking everything for granted, you know, yeah, more or less. I always said I don't take things for granted, but I realised, you know, when all this happened, I was taking things, I, you know, I, to a certain extent, yeah. Um, like there was, we had football matches in Everton a couple of weeks before it. Mario Clearing got to Crow Park, so it was great excitement, you know. Yeah. It all happened in the first few months or the first few weeks of, of 20, 2020. And suddenly then in March, everything was stopped, schools. And when you hear the schools were stopped, that was like, wow. It was a big one, you know. And, and you as well, you were working away at, you know, what you do well, helping other people. You have a big extended family, all that type of thing. Stopped. Mm. Yeah, the work was like I was doing a few workshops and that with people older groups, you know, mind, mm. minders or people that was caring, home carers and stuff like that. And yeah. a really the nicest bunch and the best bunch of people you'd ever meet. And those people needed to get out of the house. They need to meet someone. They need to be in a group. They don't need to be in Zoom and all that. That's grand to a certain extent. But God, the people need to get out of the house. Mm. You know, and that was missed. And I missed it. And I missed them. And I missed even my clients, my um one-to-one sessions, you know, I'd have a lot of them on the phone when this was going on because it's the only way we could communicate anyone that needed to, you know. Yeah. But it's nothing to the one-to-one yeah. with the body language and you can get the feel of the person and know exactly what's going on. You know, you can feel the whole thing. It's not just about the words that's said. It's about what's there, what's unsaid. Yeah. You get it all when you're in the room with them. And to all this was out, there was none of it, you know, and... Um, yeah, I missed that and it was hard and uh, for the clients as well, you know. So mm. so yeah. you, you in a way, like who would help others were finding yourself in a situation a little bit lost as well, you know, missing the personal contact, reading the bo- body language, looking at the face, interacting. So Kathleen, there was no choice. We were all in a new world. It was Zoom or it was telephone. You had to adapt. Oh yeah, absolutely. had to adapt. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I mean, you know, I felt lucky in many ways, you know, that I was able to do some, able to communicate with people that we had the communications of the phone and and Zoom and all this. Because way back when there was other stuff going on years ago, nobody had any of that stuff. There was no mm. communication, mm. you know, and um, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was tough. And then I missed my, I was supposed to go to Canada last May to my son, my youngest son is out there. That was off, that was cancelled and um, missed that. Particularly, you know, that was the one thing I was looking forward to spend that week with him. You know, just the two of us to see yeah. what the crack was. Mm. So and travel, yeah. connecting with family, that all gone. So Kathleen, I'm trying to pry into your mind now uh, for the benefit of people listening today. What did you do? How do you get through this? How do you deal with these losses? Well, you know, at the beginning, um, I just was listening and taking, taking, listening to what was going on and to see what... Uh, people that were supposed to know knew and what they were saying and listen and take advice and 
you know, I was nearly paranoid, I suppose, with the when you'd go anywhere, you'd have the mask, you'd have the hand wash or the, the, you'd have the, the sanitizers and then they'd be spraying the shoes when I'd come in from anywhere. Every time I did that, I said, God, I must be, you know. But anyway, I did all that and I didn't mind doing it, you know. But, um, yeah, I just kind of had to go along and, and listen to to what was going on. And uh, I every morning I'd get up, I'd be thankful that I had this new day and and. Instead of thinking, God, the worst, I thought, well, sure, look, we have a new day and it was, the weather was getting better, it was coming brighter. And outside as much as you could get and into the garden and doing little bits. And, and we we did a, a kind of a, a wee greenhouse and stuff like that. Every Little projects, painted bits and painted, mm. and there could be painted a couple of times, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. Everything was super painted with double and treble oh, coats. Oh, jeez, it was fantastic, yeah. <laughs> and, like, there was no housework done, I couldn't be bothered, you know. And I had great plans, you know, to do a new project, do something, learn a new language, learn a new musical instrument or something. I did nothing, not right. a thing. And I didn't feel a bit guilty about it. I just I couldn't be bothered. I said, no, to hell with that, you know. Yes. You know, I just couldn't. And um, But uh, I enjoy. I kind of got into the habit of then got used to it, got used to 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 not doing everything, you know, as I, as it was. But a new way of doing things, yeah. you know, slow. There was one particular time I found it very hard to. There was, um, you were only supposed to go a particular miles. You couldn't go so far, only so far the distance, you know, whatever it was. At yes, time. five kilometres. I wanted to. I was going down to my mother's grave. You know, I'd only found her ten years ago, and I had. Um, I wanted to go down to a grave for some particular. It was a birthday. There was something going on, and this particular Sunday I couldn't go. I, you know, they, they couldn't go past that limit. It was over the limit, and I couldn't do it. And I thought, oh my god, that was a bit tough, yeah. you know. Yeah. But then that only lasted a couple of months. So we were back again. So, you're you know, to, yeah, yeah. you just hold on and you mm. know that there's nothing going to change anyway. She's not going anywhere, you know. So, mm. yeah. But after all that, like, I kind of, um, I, got, I kind of got used to it. And I got, I like the idea of, of people not being on top of each other and big crowds, you know. And yeah. it was it was actually, you know, good. You know, um, I started doing a wee journal because um, me, I had a di- I used to have a diary and to be full of difficult, not full, full, but you'd have plenty to do. Like every couple of days a week, you'd have a walk or you'd have something going mm. on, you know, mm. or friends to meet or something like that. So I made a diary. I made a journal out of my diary, and uh, every day I'd write up everything I did. Like from I got up in the morning, I went to bed at night. And everybody I met, everyone, if there was not that I met anybody really, but if there was anyone I was speaking to on the shop or just at a distance, you know, I kept a note of everything like that, you know, so. Good on you. And have you yeah. got that for an extended period of time? Are you still doing it? I'm still doing it, but I brought a proper diary this time <laughs> at the beginning of this year, you know, but I, yeah. I, the whole thing, yeah, I swear to God it was so funny. Because I was saying, what, I made nothing to put into my diary, you know. And I thought, oh, I'm doing something, I'll write that down, you know. So that's what I did. So now you have diary of a lockdown. So you, uh, yeah. you you have that now, and you can reflect on that in the future. So we've come through a spring in twenty twenty, summer, autumn, winter, big challenge. Back into spring twenty twenty one, and we're now in summer, heading towards autumn in twenty twenty two. How are you feeling today? How do you feel? You know, do you feel things are starting to open up a bit? And you hear I was talking to Paul Mine early on about Delta and what we're trying to do to open hospitality and all that type of stuff. How are you today? I feel hopeful, Jerry. I really feel hopeful. It's a lot better than last summer. 
Okay. You know, at least now the vaccines are there. There's hope out there, you know, and mm. it's great to see. And a lot of the young people are getting the vaccines, which is fantastic. And thank God most of the older ones, our generations, you know, has it. Yeah. Most majority has it, please God, and everyone that needs it and wants it can get it. That'd be the main thing, you know. Yeah. But I, I do feel hope now. And I didn't, there was a while there, and I would be one of the most hopeful people, I think I know. I'd be, you know, looking at the good side, the bright side. And there was a wee while there when I, I it was kind of nearly gone. It was the last legs it was on, you know. But now I have it back. I feel, yes, I can, I'm looking forward now. That's terrific. And that's yeah, terrific. Yeah, I am looking, really looking forward. I feel there's an energy coming in. There's something, you know. And it, 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 I hope that people can feel that because you need to get that into you because it's inside you. You know, it's it's very important to get that hope in and, and look forward and plan and have some little things to look forward to. Yeah, that is so true. It's looking forward and hope. And you, you, like for you to say that you struggle, I can only imagine because you are such an optimistic person. You're full of optimism mm. from the first day I came across you. I just got that from you. And when you were here with me on the show, the energy as well. And even you, that shows you the test, Kathleen. You know what oh, I mean? absolutely. It's We're been, all human, yeah. you know, and it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. You know, um, yeah, everybody, you have to you have to fight it from inside you. You know, you have to keep pulling the best out, you know, all the time. It's not, it's, you know, you have to work on this. Yeah, it does. Particularly take. these times when there's, when there's a lot of negativity about it and a lot of stuff going on. So you can't let it win. You have to, It's your battle to fight. Every day you get up and you have to look in that mirror and say... Okay, thank you for this new day. Yeah. Let's go for it today. Let's go yes, for it. Let's go this and make day. the best of it because mm. it's our own choice, mm. you know. Mm. Absolutely our choice. So optimism, positivity, you'll get to Canada, please God, you'll have the rest <laughs> of them back with you and sure there won't be a minute in the day for you. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, look, you're you're so good and you're so positive as well, and I'm sure people listening today will take that energy from you today and carry it with them forward because it is an important message uh, to put out there. Anyway, look forward to the publication of Lockdown Diaries by Kathleen <laughs> Shute down the road. Okay. Off you go, get cracking. Anyway, we'll be talking again in the near future. But thank you for bringing the positivity uh, to us today, Kathleen, on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jerry. God bless. Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. That's Take the care. wonderful bye, bye, bye. Kathleen Toot there. What a remarkable lady she is. She's been positive. She sees positivity and hope and things to look forward to ahead. And that's a message. Take it with you. Put it in your heart. Get it into your head and keep it with you. It's not easy. I've battled myself days, I can tell you. You mightn't think it, but I have. It's been tough all round. I understand it. I understand how tough it's been. But we've got to keep keep the positive aspect of things going. We really, really do. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Back in a moment with a listener. She has a message. She wants to talk to me, talk to you. Stay with us. Patricia's not happy about the new rules around indoor dining, and she's on the line. Hello, Patricia. Hi, you, Jerry. How's it going? Thanks very much for joining me on, no on the show. Tell us your story. You haven't taken the vaccine. No. Well, my husband and myself had decided at this moment in time that we're not... We're not I'm not saying that we're never going to take it, but just at this moment in time, we have decided not to take it. We're both in our late 50s, early 60s, um, fine, healthy, no problems. Uh, we would socialise a lot in restaurants and pubs. But as of from next week or the week after, we won't be able to dine in or have a few drinks in a bar either. So um, I'm really, really angry over this frustration about it. Um, just because I didn't take a vaccine, 
Um, and then Leo Varadkar says this morning on Irish Independent, he hopes people don't feel discriminated about it. Mm. Of course I feel discriminated about it. I can't go into a restaurant. Mm. No, I hear what you're saying. Just let me ask you a background. Um, for the last 15 months, have you been careful? You know, have you worked within the guidelines, you know, of the mask, the hand washing, the distancing, staying in when you had to? In the beginning I did, yeah. But I stopped then after a while using hand sanitizers and this, that and the other. Um, I'll tell you what really galls me. Um, I'm working in the betting industry, uh, have done for the last ever how many years. Um, And we're getting into the process now of getting ready to open up coffee machines, tea machines, water machines. So Joe Soap can walk in off the street, sit for eight, ten hours in the betting shop, drink coffee, tea to his heart's content without having to show a vaccine passport. But I can't go into a coffee shop in the town. Mm. Like, where's the logic in that, Jerry? No, I, I, look, I see, I said it, I was talking to Paul Moyne earlier, and I mentioned it afterwards, I see huge mm. difficulties with this. I'm yeah. not joking you, it's, it, it's not going to be easy at all. No. It's, it's, there are too many contradictions, I agree with you, Patricia, in there. Why, why really are the are. government, why are they just honing in on pubs and restaurants? Mm. Why is that? I well, can't understand that. Well, well I suppose what, what uh, you're talking about is when you have people in close proximity, unmasked and with a virus going about, indoors it's going to spread more yeah. quickly. Well, so they need to come into a betting shop then. Yes. Oh, listen, I'm not, I'm not arguing, wouldn't argue a moment. You know, you know your situation well, I there. I can't get in contact with my, with my local TD. I've uh, left an email from Elder Monster. I've left a message for um, Vegas or Dad and mm. I've heard nothing back. They don't want to hear well, I've contacted one of the Dublin TDs, so I'm hoping to hear back from him. Yeah. He's totally against it. Well, look at you, you, you gotta you gotta keep pushing and and yeah. approaching your oh, yeah. your somebody has to stand. Yes, up. your local representatives. Can I come back to the vaccination? Okay, you've, you're not saying you'll never take a vaccination. I'm not saying I'll never take it. It's just to me and my husband, it's fairly new. Mm. Um, yeah, we had just decided at this moment in time, it's just not for us. We don't need it at the minute. Have you have have you had uh, have you had uh, vaccines? May I ask you in the past? You know, growing up, would you have been vaccinated as a child? And oh yeah, as yeah. a child, yeah, years ago, where yeah. everybody was, I think. Do you have children that of your own? Do you mind me asking? Are they vaccinated? I do, yeah. And have they got the vaccinations? You know, the, the no. one. No, so they haven't no. been. They've got none of the vaccinations. They did. He did when he was a kid. Like, but he's he's totally against this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I understand that. But growing up, he would have got the ones that children get. You oh know, yes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get those. Got those along the way. And yeah. I just point. Like, I got it. I got it, and I had no hesitation in getting. I have yeah. to say myself, I'm double vaccinated, and I believe in vaccinations myself. Right. Everybody knows that. Listening. Oh, to I'm me. not against yeah. vaccines. Yeah. Um, it's the COVID vaccine. Yes. I am. Yes. 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 I, I and you know you you realise as well. You can see the it, it's worked in the nursing homes at the uh, uh, older age groups and that we're not seeing the fatalities you know with the vaccination rolling out that we did earlier on so you know there's a lot of positives around it oh yeah but my issue is why can i not go into yes a restaurant and a pub now next from i i hear remember what, last, yeah jerry remember last year we have got we had god's gate yes do you yeah. remember that? Yes, I do indeed. I do indeed. There was no vaccines last year. We had all the ministers and a high-class judge in a hotel in Galway. Yes. Or they were. Um, yes. That was brushed under the carpet there, wasn't it, Jerry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, look, at I, I, I know and all of that is fact, what you say. But look, at I have to leave it there today. I hear right. your point of view. Thank you for okay. joining me. 
Thank Take you care, Patricia. Much. Not bye at bye all. Bye. bye bye. If you've anything to say about what Patricia said, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. We're heading to news, weather and sport at three in the company of George Ezra. And it's shotgun. I am swamped with messages, I have to say today, and I thank you indeed for getting in touch with me. Uh, Let me get to some of them that you've sent me this afternoon. Jerry, in my belief, that's poor judgment on Patricia's behalf. Patricia was talking to me about not taking the vaccine before the break and discrimination of not being able to dine indoors. I worked in a nursing home with full PPE clothing with residents who had been sick with COVID-19. Jerry, I can tell you, COVID-19 is very serious until you work around it. Uh, people who haven't got it don't know what it's like. I had COVID myself. You would want to be vaccinated. I can assure everybody. I can understand the government not allowing people into public places without being vaccinated. People need to be protected. And I think that's a very important message to get across, Jerry. Thank you, Robert, for that wonderful message today. It's not a vaccine gene therapy. Golfgate is where this agenda was planned, says another listener, and media played their part in this lie. Oh, my God, it's the same about climate change. Anyway, good luck to you, and thanks for the for your opinion. You're entitled to it. I would totally disagree with you, I have to say. Jerry, if that lady saw my daughter, listening to this, listen to this, if that lady saw my daughter suffering from long covid She would take the jab straight away. I honestly say, Patricia, you're a foolish woman, says a listener this afternoon to me. Back to the pool. Jerry. just about your pool. Check that the air inflation valves uh, on the plastic cover is open as it'll prevent the air from entering into the pool, says Patricia Nardee. Kathleen was on to say, push back that flap, Jerry, uh, inside the pool and then try the car pump. Uh, Liam was on to say, an Intex double quick hand pump from Smith's Toys, Jerry. Should, should, uh, should sort your uh, problem out there, tongue-tied. Get it in odd time. When you're reading a lot, it happens, you know. Uh, Jerry, what about this one? I hope to drop you up some gooseberry jam on Friday. Thanks to my daughter-in-law, uh, says Phyllis in Carlettstown. Oh, you're too good, Phyllis. Don't go to any trouble, honestly. I appreciate your kind thoughts and generosity. Jerry, bring that pool of yours to government buildings. There's plenty of wind up there. It'll be inflated immediately, says John in Drogheda today. Like your train of thought, John. Hi, Jerry. Can you help? I have a stray tricolour collie dog for the last two weeks. Uh, could you put it out there for me? A tricolour collie in the Dunsany area. Denise has that tricolour collie. We have her number. If you can help there, if you're missing a dog in the Dunsany area in County Mead. Oh, Jerry. God help that family. Such a heartbreaking situa- situation we're talking about. All for little Amelia, eight years of age, to our mum and aunt a little bit earlier on. Love and prayers and thoughts from all of us, says a listener this afternoon. Jerry from Anne today. I was at the Bottle Bank in RD. Oh my God, every bin is full. Bags and boxes all over the place. Who's responsible? RD, I'd say Loud County Council again. Yes, Loud County Council today. Yes, the Black Rock toilets, the bins in RD, the potholes in Drada. What's happening? What's happening to our wee county? Anyway, Loud County Council, come on, RD bins. Another issue being raised today. You're not clearing them. They're full. They're jammed. We talked about this before on the show. Let's get to it, please, ladies and gentlemen. 
time for my artist of the week. This week it is Westlife and their first album. I mentioned it yesterday. It was simply called Westlife. It was released in November 1999. But before that, you see, they had three singles out. They all made number one. Swear it again. I played it yesterday. If I let you go and flying without wings. But after they released the album, yes, they had a Christmas number one with the I Have a Dream Seasons in the Sun combination. Remember it. And there would be a fifth successive top spot hit for them to follow in early 2000, which set a new record for successive number ones. And I've selected that fifth number one today. I'll tell you about it in a moment. Coast to Coast would be their next album in 2000. And the number ones just continued with Against All Odds with Mariah Carey and My Love setting another first for Westlife with seven chart-topping singles in a row. They beat Elvis Presley. He held the previous record. A world tour followed. International stardom, well-established. And now three more number one hits from their third album called World of Our Own. It took just short of three years to deliver for Westlife ten number ones and that beat the Beatles record. They also sold 12 million records in this time and all of the boys became multi-millionaires. Two more world tours tours followed in 2002 and 2003. Another album, more chart success. My God, Westlife, top of the world. But man down when Brian McFadden said goodbye on the 9th of March 2004, just prior to another world tour. The story continues tomorrow, but today it's back to that fifth number one single in a row, which is a Westlife song I really love. Baby, I know the story. I've seen the picture. It's written all over your face. Yeah, Fool Again. I love that song from Westlife, my artists of the week. More on the boys and another cracking song for you this time tomorrow. Jerry, we were the same about the vaccine as Patricia. Patricia was on a little earlier telling us that herself and her husband haven't taken the vaccine at the moment. But Anne in Trim says we were the same, didn't know enough about it. But by God, Jerry, when we were struck with COVID and floored for six weeks, were we glad to take the vaccine when offered. We were lucky. We came through it. But I know so many who didn't. Thank you, Anne, for that message this afternoon. That is a stark message from Anne. It really is. And I said, I am a supporter of the vaccines. I believe in the vaccine. I'm fully vaccinated myself. And most of my kin are as well. And I see the benefit of vaccination. I really do. I've always believed in it right through life with my children and myself. And I believe in this. Jerry, I'm in my 60s as well as Patricia. I feel the same about the vaccine. Now, this is somebody else. It's Jean who didn't take it. I feel it was passed too quickly. We don't know what we're taking. Well, I think there's more resources and time have gone into this vaccine than any other vaccine, let me say, Jean, that was ever developed in the world. And the urgency of it was just so immense. For that reason, I haven't taken it, says Jean. I don't take flu vaccine either, as I don't feel the need for it. But I don't blame others who decide to take the vaccines. That's their choice and their belief. I've stuck to all the rules during lockdown, only going shopping. My job in childcare and walks. That's uh, shopping, childcare and walks where she works. I haven't met up with my friends in over 12 months. However, I did see my grandchildren in the second lockdown as I felt I had to care. If I had to care for other children, I should be able to care for my own grandchildren. I see your point there, Jean. I feel the government didn't put enough thought into this new law. That's the law about being vaccinated and uh, eating or dining indoors or drinking indoors. 
Uh, and I despair about the government and all the decisions they've made. I think they've made a lot of right ones, Jean, to be honest with you, to be fair, but others that are questionable. But it's been a tough time for everybody. Yeah, about Patricia, says Paula. She's employed in a betting shop. Elderly people are her customers. She's putting them in danger with not taking the vaccine. Um, says Paula to us this afternoon. Jerry, it's not mandatory to get the vaccine, but yet people are being forced because of the conditions. If you want to go inside... Uh, uh, is that not discrimination against people who want to go down the road of vaccine and may have their own reasons, etc.? Is it not bullying people into uh, what the higher power wants? Are we going down a road that's perhaps undesirable? So there's a person who believes this uh, situation with the new law is flawed as well. Vaccinated people being able to dine indoors and uh, those who aren't won't. Thank you indeed for all your comments. Final break of the afternoon. Stay with us. Of course we know our pooches, dogs, our man's and woman's best friends. But what about bringing them to your wedding if you're getting married? Ken Riley from A1 Boarding Kennels. Johnstown outside Navin is with me. Hello, Ken. Hi, Jerry. How are you? You can make this happen. You can have your pooch at the biggest party in your life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it uh, started out five years ago and we opened up our boarding kennels out here and uh, we just thought, came up with the idea and it took off from there, Jerry. Um, yeah. And it's in the man. People are coming to you saying, uh, do you get calls? I'm just trying to think from people saying, look, we're getting married. We're going to be away for a few weeks. Will you mind our dogs? And they don't think of actually bringing them to the ceremony. Yeah, so basically then the, the, a lot of the uh, hotels there, Ballymagarvey, a lot of the hotels around uh, have our name and address and the whole lot and people ring up to book the weddings and then they're looking to book the dog and they come to us then. And what happens then is we uh, they ring us in advance and we organise the little, you know, the ties and bow, bows and stuff like that. Uh, they drop the dog off to us and we bring them to the ceremony. Um how we wash them and polish them and have them clean and ready to go. <laughs> what happens? I'm playing devil's advocate. What happens if it's a rainy day and there's a little bit of mud about? And did you ever see an instance of a paw mark on the beautiful white dress? Yeah, yeah, Jerry. Yeah, we had one over in Ballymagarvey where the little dog was running around the, ga- the the lawn before the um, the ceremony and jumped up in the bride's dress and sure the bridesmaids were running over and they were wiping it down and you know really worried about it and the, the bride as she said, don't worry about it. She says that paw mark. It's there forever. She says, no pain washing it. I love it. I love it. I think this is fantastic, the way you facilitate this. Tell me a little more about the business there. How have you been? Did business dip with people not taking holidays, more people being at home for a while? Yeah, so um, we do doggy daycare service as well. So people drop the dogs into us in the morning and pick them up on the way home and they work for me in the evening time. Um, We had a lot of... um, Nurses and doctors and uh, Gardy over the lockdown there dropping the doggies into us. So that kept us a little open during the Good. whole situation, you know. Good. So you had uh, an element of business from those people who were, you know, had to go to work still front facing people in key jobs as well. Is it picking up? Yeah, yeah, Jerry, definitely. It's picking up a lot of people going to staycations now, three, four days. No one's really going out of the country, as I say, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're, 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 they're staying uh, three, four days, different places, and uh, dropping the doggies off. And, yeah, look, it's, it's better than nothing, Jerry, in these bad times, you know. Do you get a night's sleep? 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole thing about us is that all the dogs are outside here all day with, yeah. with dog, running around and they're happy. And then when they Good. go in at night, they go to sleep, you know, ah. and they're, they're tired. That's the key to the whole situation, you know. I think you should be minding children as well as dogs. Parents would be delighted <laughs> with that. Anyway, Ken, A1 Boarding Kennels, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, so look at um, uh, 87 or our Facebook page, which is A1 Boarding Kennels, Navin. Ken, lovely to talk to you. Keep doing what you're doing. God bless. Thanks, Jerry. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. There you are, Ken Riley from A1 Boarding Kennels, bringing down the curtain on late lunch this afternoon. Tomorrow, Neve Sherwin-Barry, you got to hear her story. On our uppers, lost her house. She's back in the game. Eve McChrystal, our Paralympian, she's training in uh, Mallorca at the moment. She's joining us. And Martina Kenny with us on the show tomorrow. Uh, Martina, I can't remember what Martina is with us for. Louise, can you, Martina Kenny, what's she with us for tomorrow on the show? Can you remember? Oh God, I'm not going to go mad. It's a lovely story about a horse. It is, it's about <laughs> a horse, is right. God, my head is gone. I'm that busy here this afternoon. Thank you all so much for your messages and uh, interaction with me on the show today. Really, really appreciate it. Eddie's coming next with The Drive. Late lunch back, midweek, Wednesday, one thirty. Have a nice evening. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist Danny find a commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 